Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the Excellence Collection, a place of relaxation and romance. Explore tailored vacation experiences in eight all-inclusive resorts set on some of the most stunning beaches in Cancun, the Riviera Maya, Punta Cana, and Montego Bay. Enjoy an ambiance of love in the couples-only beloved hotels, adults-only exclusivity in Excellence Resorts, and fun for all ages at Finest Resorts. Choose your ideal tropical paradise today. Visit theexcellencecollection.com for more information. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, November 22nd. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. We've got a great show for you today, talking big news around the world of travel. And joining me on the show now is Jesse Morris of We Book Travel. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, very little uh, to know about me. My name is Jesse. I own We Book Travel. Uh, we are located in Richmond, Virginia, but have pretty much a global client base. We, we uh, take customers from wherever, but I think that's true of most of the home-based agents out there. We are home-based, uh, and uh, I am uh, uh, sit on the advisory board of the Global Travel Marketplace. I've had the good opportunity to be a featured speaker at Cruise World on a couple of occasions, and uh, I really do just en- enjoy uh, getting out and seeing the world. I think that's what drives most of us into becoming travel advisors as we enjoy seeing the world. I don't know about you, but that was that was the thing for me. Oh, definitely. Yes. Love to see the world and love that you were here to provide some of your great expertise and knowledge and insight on the industry. So Jesse and I are going to talk about holiday travel season and what the industry faces ahead there. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with Thanksgiving travel week is here. And so are the deals, which we'll touch on in a second. But first, you know, What's going to happen this week? The weather may play a big role in some travelers having a rough experience. You can actually now bet on which airlines are going to have the most cancellations and delays. Um, Public relations director of BetUS told Forbes, uh, this Tim Williams told Forbes that there's been a lot of talk and predictions about how chaotic Thanksgiving week a travel could be this year. And we figured what better way to make the best of a potentially bad situation, end quote. So like all offshore gambling websites, BetUS is considered an illegal platform. So just for some fun podcast banter discussion purposes only, they've got Alaska Airlines as the favorite for which airline will have the most flights canceled during Thanksgiving week, followed by Frontier and United. And then you've got American and JetBlue as the long shots for that. However, JetBlue is the favorite for which airline will have the most flights delayed this Thanksgiving week, followed by Frontier and United. Uh, with American and Delta being the long shots on there. They also have head-to-head matchups you can bet on, pitting airlines against each other, along with which airports will have the most cancellations and delays. LAX is the favorite there, followed by San Francisco and Orlando. But Jesse, I mean, your thoughts, how do you think Thanksgiving Travel Week's going to go here? Are you, you taking any of these bets if you uh, could, illegally? Well, you, you, know, know? <laughs> you, you can bet on anything, can't you? I, uh, I'm not uh, not somebody that bets on uh, random prop bets like this, but... Um, I think it's a, you know, I want to remain as positive as I can about this. So uh, I think it's a safe bet that no matter what you choose, you're probably going to be right. I mean, under the best of circumstances, uh, airlines have had some real struggles in the last, you know, 18 to 24 months. Uh, and when you add the vast amount of people who are trying to travel during the season, that's not going to help much at all. So I think uh, having a backup plan is a really good idea. Um, and seeing what we can do to make sure we get people where they need to be. I think as travel advisors, if we're booking those flights, um, much like we're all prepared to be, we're, we're going to have to be ready to take action and, and be available for our clients during that time. But um, I, I, it's interesting. JetBlue is, is uh, the long shot on that. I, I'm, I'm at a hub where JetBlue is, is 
one of the bigger airlines there, and and they've actually been pretty reliable across the board. So, I guess that's a that's a that's a good thing to see. Yeah, I mean, TSA is expecting near pre-pandemic passenger traffic numbers this week. I mean, the most crowded days for air travel are Wednesday before Thanksgiving and Sunday after Thanksgiving. Saturday is the least crowded of the week. You got, according to AAA, 54.6 million Americans are expected to travel over the holiday period, with air travel seeing a nearly 8% increase over 2021. So it's going to be a busy time. It's going to be a headache for people. It's going to be some people getting stuck out there or forced to change their plans. So that's why we always say work with a travel advisor or someone who has your back in these times, right, Jesse? Absolutely. And, you know, another thing to think about here, which is even going to add to some of these uh, challenges is for a lot of people, last Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving back, but there was still a segment of the population who said, you know what, we're going to give this COVID thing another year. This could be the first year that a lot of people get back together, which is even going to add more people to the mix. I, I think we're in for for maybe a little bit of a rougher experience than we'd like. Yeah, we might face that. I mean, you're going to have more people on the roads, I think, than you are um, as far as, you know, the people decided to come back out and travel that didn't do anything last year. They might be hitting the roads just because of what we saw over the summer with the air travel situations. People are weary of that for sure. But you're, you're still going to have heavy crowds at the airport. So you got to make sure you arrive in advance on that. So that's where it is. We're, we're certainly hopeful that it's not going to be as chaotic of headlines and, you know, trips from hell that we're the summer headlines that we saw, but I think it'll be okay. We airlines have worked a little bit. They've, they've staffed up a little bit. They've cut back on some routes too. So it's not going to be as chaotic, but yeah, you're going to have some, some rough times for some people out there and weather is going to play a factor. For sure. For sure. On the positive side though, Black Friday, Cyber Monday travel due Tuesday deals are here. Our roundups on Black Friday and Cyber Mondays for the cruise industry, tour operators, U.S. hotels, hotels around the world, Caribbean, Mexico, all of that can be found up on travelpulse.com for all of your deal needs more to come to this week as people and companies out there release stuff uh, later on. So if you're listening to this later in the week, you know, check back, we'll still have some cyber Monday stuff as well, but uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when new episodes drop. But Jesse, um, how do you as an advisor approach this time of year when it comes to the deals available? Have you seen any, uh, have any jumped out to you as far as the, yeah, the deals? You know, black Friday is clearly a bit of a misnomer. I mean, we, we started, this past weekend with uh, a lot of the special deals. And so uh, lots of them pop out. Uh, but one of the things that I do with every single client that I think is really beneficial for me to kind of be a bit more targeted is in my conversations with them, whether it be about an existing trip or just in a getting to know you kind of session, I like to ask them, you know, if a really good deal popped along in some particular place, I mean, what's your bucket list destination? What's the thing that would cause you to make a move quickly? And I try to get a list of those things. And for most people, they, they tend to be relatively similar. A lot of people have similar bucket list destinations. But that allows me to kind of create, craft some targeted email distribution list that, hey, you mentioned that this destination was somewhere you were really interested in. Here's a Black Friday deal that's coming along. Should we have a conversation about this? And that generates demand by itself. There are too many opportunities out there for Black Friday to send them all to your clients. They get paralysis by analysis, and that just doesn't work. Um, and then, of course, if anybody else is like me, and I'm sure they are, you get inundated with emails almost you know, constantly from people who are saying, hey, here's a deal we're offering. Here's a deal that this person's offering. And you just can't stay on top of that many. So you've got to get more targeted. You've got to get a little bit more... Uh, specific in the areas that you want to be in. 
one other area that I find really helpful is my host agency does a great job of doing a consolidated marketing offers. And they, you know, here are the cruise ones, here are the land ones, here are the resort ones. Uh, and that helps me to be able to have a one-stop shop to be able to go to and say, oh, look, there's there. You know, I'm, I'm really focused on Regent 7Cs this week. Here's some really good offers I can really target email uh, to some of these particular uh, potential clients. Hey, that's certainly helpful to have that. I mean, you need to be able to have something at the go. And I like that advice, you know, be be proactive on that. So one one deal I did see that was pretty nice. I got to give a shout out to Norwegian Cruise Line. This deal was pretty cool. It's called The Greatest Deal Ever. Second guest free, free airfare, unlimited open bar, free specialty dining, free excursions, free Wi-Fi, free third and fourth guest on occasions too. So um, you got to read the fine print on a lot of these Black Friday deals out, out there. Blackout dates apply for, for things too. So, you know, make sure to, that's where, if you're a consumer listener out there, you know, make sure you work with a travel advisor because they're going to help guide you in that as Jesse was just talking about. So um, just real quickly though, Jesse, before we move on to the next subject, I got to know, is it better to hop on a cruise deal now? Because there are quite a few for the Black Friday Cyber Week travel time. Um, or is it better to wait for wave season? You know, it, if this were any other year, you know, this might be a debate. But because of the volumes, hop on it now. Because do you want to take what you want or what's left over? Uh, by the time we get to wave season, there's, the, I mean, the, the options for spring break, for example, or summer vacations, which are very popular times to go, they're just not going to have the, the opportunities to be there where people are maybe going to have to accept the lesser cabin instead of what they want, or maybe not go to the, their number one resort. Maybe they'll have to look at their number two or number three resort. So I recommend if it's available, the, uh, if, if it's in your price range and you're in your budget and it looks like something that fits what you want, don't wait, hop on it. Now it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to wait for something that may not be there in the future. Hey, good advice on that. And we'll touch a little bit more on wave season coming up when we talk on cruise section. But first, we have to jump over to the next big trending news item of the last week. And it's been a major week for Disney. They got a new CEO now. Bob Iger is named Disney CEO again after Bob Shapek stepped down. The 71-year-old Iger agreed to a deal that would have him lead Disney for two more years effective immediately. Very interesting because this comes like five days after Disney announced that it would be raising ticket prices which was news that did not make the Disney fan base happy. However, the general consensus among the majority of the Disney fan base from what I've seen online is that it's overall joy that Shapek is out and now Iger is coming back. Also announced last week for Disney, they uh, got a new cruise ship. They are acquiring a ship, formerly the Global Dream, and the ship will be renamed and reimagined in all its Disney glory and scheduled to debut in 2025. So we'll touch on that in a second. But first, Jesse, your thoughts on the CEO changes and pricing at Disney. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm just like you. I've seen a lot of uh, people who are specifically Disney travel agents that are seem to be very, very excited about it. I've got two Disney specialists on staff, and they were also equally excited. And I think uh, it's really just driven around the fact that, that in the past, you know, his past performance kind of helped push the, the, the parks and the Disney cruise and all the other Disney travel options forward. So I think a lot of people are excited. I do think though, that uh, at the end of the day, especially when it comes to theme parks, it's not going to matter a tremendous amount. Prices are going to continue to rise because demand is just so high. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of middle-class people are going to get pushed out of being able to go to that, which means as advisors, we've got to have good secondary and, and third opportunities to be able to present these people. Well, Disney may not be within your price, budget, but here is something that is. Um, I, I think there's going to come a time, though, where Disney is just going to only be available for a certain segment of the populations, and I, I do think that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, definitely a shame there, and I hope that they w will not get to that 
level, but it certainly seems like it could be trending in that direction. I think this, you know, CEO change here. Yeah, he's going to a big priority is going to be the Disney streaming services on that Disney Plus. So I think parks are, are, are still in good hands. You've got good staff there. It is interesting that they that he came back on this and you would like to think maybe they have other people that they could develop up or or maybe that's what Iger wants to do is come back and refinish out his legacy because it came at a weird time with COVID and the transition was supposed to be to Shapec and then you know, a lot of people didn't like Shapec in the early going and still didn't. And now we have, have Iger back and maybe, you know, he just needs these two years to figure out who, who is the next CEO that they have that they can yeah, develop? Yeah, you're spot on. on. I mean, two years is a long period of time in the corporate world, but it is long enough to be able to groom your successor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe that's kind of what they're saying is, you know, Chapek clearly wasn't the guy that they wanted to lead them into the future. And uh, Iger knows what he's doing. He's he's proven he's a proven commodity. Yeah. And he's had the opportunity to kind of say, who can follow my footsteps and who can I groom to be the next big thing? Yeah, it certainly has to has to be on that. And to, to your point about, you know, pricing them out, I would say I think we're going to see a lot more people maybe just doing one day at Disney, heading to Orlando for a vacation. And Orlando has a lot, you know, beyond just yes. the theme parks, too. So I would advise advisors out there to, to position your clients to say, hey, there's more than just Disney. Maybe you just want to do just Magic Kingdom. Maybe, you know, your child really loves Cinderella and the princess stuff, or maybe they're really into animals. And they just want to do animal kingdom. What's the max. You're going to have to figure that out with your budget and everything. That's going to be tricky, you know, and that's where, you know, if you're a consumer listening right now, make sure you find that Disney travel specialist because they're going to help guide you and make sure that, you know, you get the most bang for your buck because it's going to be uh, a heavy buck to spend. We'll say so. Uh, I am curious on the, on the cruise side of things, Jesse, you're big with cruising. So the cruise ship, it's going to be interesting to see where Disney sets initial itineraries for this one and, and how they decide to remodel it. Thankfully it's, it's not, it was a ship that was already being built and they, they bought it and uh, it's, they're touting new global destinations on this. So it, I, I'm intrigued by this. Your thoughts. Yeah. From a travel perspective, this was actually the most, uh, most interesting bit of Disney news that came out in the last week. Uh, I don't see you know, how, uh, their CEO changes are going to have a tremendous impact on, on travel, but this ship could have a tremendous impact on travel. It's originally was designed to carry almost 8,000 passengers, which when you look at the Disney fleet as it stands now, none of the ships come anywhere close to that. At the price point that Disney's at, filling that ship will be a massive game changer for profitability on Disney's side. Um, but it also could lead to possibly a pullback in the pricing a little bit, which could make could make some people very happy. So I'll be really interested in what this ship looks like uh, and how they now take what will be the largest ship in the world and turn it into uh, essentially a floating Disney theme park. A floating Disney theme park. I, I love that. I'm, I'm a huge Disney fan for sure. But this right here, I mean, that that's a lot of people for sure. It'd be interesting to see when it's all said and done. What I'm, I'm also just big on like cruise ship names too. So I'm very, I'm excited to see where they go on that i um i'm i don't know why i'm just fascinated by cruise ship names but maybe maybe that's just a cruise lover in me out there so um that's what we need to do is we need to place if we want to place some real bets here we can put some bets down on what we think the name is going to be for the ship because uh whew, yeah. the the disney world it won't really be the uh the name you know because it's such a large ship you think world but they've already right. got a park named that so <laughs> right yeah i want to get to uh a global a world world ship on disney right the, the yeah. world cruises on on yeah that'll be in, in interesting other cruise news as we move along though royal caribbean in port miami signed a new 50-year deal 
And Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings CEO Frank Del Rio said recently that wave season has already started. So we, we touched on this a little bit. Uh, Vicky Fried of Royal Caribbean said that uh, she's insisting the wave season is January, but they're, they're mentioning that Royal is already seeing wave-like volume now. So Jesse, your thoughts on the possibly being an early wave season here on this a wave volume? I mean, you touched on this a little bit, but... Yeah, I don't even see it as as um, an early wave season. I see it as a continuation of what we've seen for the last 12 months. And last year at this time, somebody asked me that very question. What do you see for wave season? And I said, I don't think we're going to have a wave season. I think we're going to have a wave year because there was so much pent up demand. Uh, and I think we're going to see a continuation of that. Now, we'll, how much longer? Maybe to the end of wave season, I think we'll we'll start to see some dip down from there. But I don't think we're going to see. I think we'll see maybe a brief breather for the last couple of weeks of the year and then boom right back into uh, where we've been for much of the last 12 months okay maybe a slowdown in december but you still feel confident that you know january february march is going to be pretty pretty strong yeah we had a record year this year uh you know compared to anything that was pre-covid and again it was because of that pent-up demand more than anything else uh and we have not seen a slowdown at all this year it has been you know constant go 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 uh, and and I really feel like that we're we're going to continue with that, especially as people get to the end of the year. They're getting their year end bonuses. They're going to hit their tax refunds. People are getting together for the holidays, and so they're all going to be talking about, "Hey, we haven't been able to go and do much for the last couple of years. Let's really go and 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 do this well." This is the opportunity for us to really reach out and be able to say, "Hey, I know you're going to be meeting with family over the." You know, over the holiday season, this might be a good opportunity to talk about a big family trip. Groups are going to be huge, I think, in the first quarter of the year because of that. Yeah, love that. That's going to be great for the industry. There have been a lot of deals um, for the industry as a whole, I say, but really in, in the cruise side of things. I mean, there's been a lot of deals throughout the fall here, and we're seeing, you know, great stuff on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, everything. So, yeah, it would be really intriguing to see how it goes for January. I, I'm hopeful that it's as strong as, you, as you're forecasting so that the industry definitely needs that. Because, uh, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, you know, jump on those Black Friday deals if you can because you know, bookings are, are trending up. I, I think it's going to be pretty crowded on cruise ships next year. We've been a little spoiled I, if you've been I, on a cruise. Supply, all the suppliers I've talked to have said very similar things is that booking trends are up. Uh, the numbers are bigger than they've ever been. That inventory has to run out at some point. So... You know, I've even got people, I've booked somebody in 2025 very recently. That's how far out some people are starting to look. Wow. 25. Wow. That's, hey, that's great though for the industry. So as we trudge along here though, and close out what has been trending in the last week before we can touch on holiday travel and big picture wise, uh, just a quick destination news roundup. Mexico is pushing the U.S. to revise travel advisories. This has been an interesting topic. Uh, If you've followed travel advisories and how Mexico has been portrayed on things. So tourism officials in Mexico have asked the U.S. State Department to be more cautious with its travel advisories to the popular border country, saying that some areas in the country are much safer than the advisories suggest. Officials want the warnings to be more concise and more specific than they currently are. The broad nature of the advisories is leaving some tourists from the U.S. with the impression that some areas are lawless. And you've also had uh, Global Rescue came out and released a new part of their survey, the Traveler Sentiment Survey, and saying that COVID fears have drastically diminished while other worries intensify as far as getting some sort of injury or non-COVID illness while traveling or the escalation or start of war. So, Jesse, do your clients really care much about travel advisories and and what's really concerning your clients most these days? 
So I, I don't know that they care as much about the travel advisories. Every once in a while, I get a client that'll say, hey, I saw this travel advisory. What does it mean? So they, they want the clarification as much as Mexico wants us to clarify it. So I think that's important. The question that I get, and I'm sure almost everybody else gets more consistently is, is it safe? Um, and so the, the answer to that question is same as I give to just anybody else. Is it safe to travel to New York right now? And, you know, when you look at that, is it safe? Well, is it safe if you're going to walk down a dark alley at 3 a.m. half drunk? Not Probably not a very safe way to go. Is it safe if you're going to go see a Broadway show or go to Madison Square Garden and catch a Knicks game? Yeah, that's that's pretty safe. So just about anywhere you go, there are going to be places where common sense needs to prevail. And usually when we explain to our clients that way, it kind of clicks. Are you planning on leaving? Are you planning on leaving your resort? And are you planning on going and hanging out in the back alley at 3 a.m.? Well, no. Why would I do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. Well, you know, right. and that's the kind of thing that if, if the U.S. wanted to be more consistent on is they need to have travel advisories that are, are fair and compare to normal everyday activities. You know, if we put a travel advisory in place for New York, it would probably look very similar to some of these ones that we're seeing out there. Uh, Chicago, same kind of idea. So. I think the key is just to help people understand what common sense looks like. What are the behaviors that are going to be safe and what are the behaviors that are not going to be safe? Well said. Yes. And I, I got to say, though, that uh, request of you know, the government doing that, that might be or that might be asking the government to do too much. I don't know if they would. Yeah. I don't know if they would. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're very broad and blanket um, travel advisories out there. But we do round them up every month over on Travel Pulse so you guys can be aware of that in case you aren't, you know, constantly looking at travel advisories, which not a lot of people are, but that uh, that does wrap up what has been trending in the world of traveling last week. A lot of stuff that we didn't get to, so check out the news at travelpulse.com. Any additional thoughts on what we discussed or missed, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to the theme of this week and holiday travel for 2022. We touched on Thanksgiving a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, now we're going to talk more broadly, I guess, about that. So Jesse, what are your thoughts on the overall outlook for the 2022 holiday travel season. How busy do we touched on Thanksgiving? How busy do you think it might be for Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's Eve travel weeks? Yeah, I, we're seeing we're seeing some good volumes out there right now. And for people that are wanting to do things that they maybe necessarily haven't done before, because uh, they realize just how how fragile things can be and how things can can fall off and you don't get the opportunity to to do something that you've always wanted to do, uh, whether it be from a health perspective illness uh, or just, you know, time running out. So we're seeing a lot of people wanting to do that. We're seeing people that want to do some destination Christmas sort of things from time to time, uh, which, which is, is good and helpful. Um, I, I think we're going to see a very busy season. I, I think that we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think the, the bane of our existence here is going to be the flight side of it. Um, you know, flights are going to be what flights are going to be what causes a, a challenge with most travel, regardless of the season. And so, when you add that many people to the mix uh, during you know the holiday season, uh, it's it's a recipe for potential challenges. For sure, and I hope people out there just remember to stay calm. You know, be kind to others out be there. Kind is the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be rough for for some of you, and that's unfortunate because it is busy. It's going to be a very busy one. We're going to reach pandemic uh, pre pandemic levels, I should say. And some some areas might surpass that. Some destinations might see better, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas weeks than they have in years past, which is certainly great for those that are areas that are very tourism dependent on that. We already know that more Americans are planning hotel stays during the holidays this year. That's according to the American Hotel and Lodging Association's Hotel Booking Index survey. They had 31% of respondents said for Thanksgiving alone that they plan to stay in a hotel during their trip. That's compared to 22% last year. For Christmas, it's 28% of travelers plan to stay in a hotel 
compared to 23% from last year. So things trending up, you know, we may not surpass all of the pre-pandemic total numbers, you know, from what we saw in 2019, because it was such a big banner year back then before we knew of the chaos that was ahead of us. Um, But now, you know, you compare that from 2019 to what we're experiencing now, just on pricing as well, the average cost of hotel stay is up 8% compared to 2021. So we know the higher pricing this year from inflation has been all around. So Jesse, how have you dealt with that as an advisor? Have you had much bite back from clients when it comes to pricing? You know, I haven't, but I think a lot of that is driven by the fact that the the media has done such so has placed so much emphasis on this very topic. So people are already kind of prepared for the pricing to be higher, um, you know, and, and and talking to clients about, you know, what is your budget? What, what does that look like? And having a good conversation around what their expectations should be for that budget. Uh, that has kind of held back the what previously was people saying, Ooh, it's that's that's more expensive than I thought it was going to be. Kind of conversation. They already know the pricing is going to be higher, and so uh, I haven't seen as much pushback, which uh, is a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, the inflation talk has been around, you know, since the summer. We actually wrote an article uh, late last year too about you know the impending inflation that might happen. We might see throughout 2022. I don't think it is was as high as we thought it was going to be. You know, back then, looking back a year ago, this time versus where we are now. But yeah, there's been so much talk about it that you kind of have to. It's just being aware of it and expecting that your prices are higher, they're going to stay higher and who knows when they might come down, you know? If ever, I mean, when's the last time you saw price drops on just about anything? I mean, I'm not sure we're going to see a a huge price drop. I think this is, uh, as much as I hate this phrase, the new normal, this is, this may be the new normal. Right. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the new normal and stuff, Expedia Group released their big uh, survey stuff last week and uh, about 2023 and, and everything. And they're, they're calling 23 the no normal year, which I thought was was an interesting spin on you know, that phrase of new normal that's been out there so much in the last two years of, of everything. So I don't think prices will drop that much. I'm hopeful that, you know, some of these areas that raise prices because they just wanted the greed and the profit, they had greed and they wanted the extra profit on there. They didn't necessarily need to, whereas other areas in the you know and in industries out there had to raise it because of supply supplier chain issues and all that stuff. But maybe some well, of these greedy also, folks out there will scale back. We're also seeing a ton of people out there that are getting raises from their jobs. I mean, we've seen this huge push for increases in, in people's income levels. And because of that, they have a little more discretionary income than they maybe had before. And they're spending it on travel, which is going to cause the prices to continue to stay at a certain level. So I, I, I can is cautiously not optimistic a thing. I mean, I think that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> yeah. with this. Understandable. Yeah. So as we look ahead to destinations, though, and where where are people actually going? You know, what are some of the top spots your clients are going to this holiday season, both U.S. and internationally? Yeah. Caribbean is always a a great spot. I think we see a lot of people that want to go somewhere warm when it's cold. And so that that tends to be a thing. But I've seen more requests for Europe uh, in recent months than I've seen in a long, long time. And I think with all the, the COVID requirements kind of falling off and that not being as big of a barrier to entry on travel there, uh, we're seeing a ton of people who are like, well, I, I want to go you know, over to Europe. I want to go see something I hadn't seen before. And it still plays back to the conversation we had earlier of this is all fragile. 
who knows when we when something else will come along and prevent us from traveling. So they're trying to get in those destinations while they still can. That tends to be a pretty big hit. Uh, I'm also seeing uh, Galapagos be a, okay. a more uh, prevalent spot than I've seen before. Uh, and then, um, you know, there, there are certain areas like Japan, for example, tends to be really popular among the younger younger folks who are really into anime and stuff like that. They want to go see, you know, the home of where all that started. Hey, that's great. Yeah, Japan certainly needs the tourism bounce back. It's a little more tricky to get there than it is for Europe right now. But we know that in time, that's going to improve and it's going to be easier to get to Asia and less restrictions in place. But when, yeah, you mentioned Europe, it's no surprise there. It's also because the U.S. dollar is creating increased demand for the European holiday travel. And also, too, the Christmas markets have been, you know, talked about and dreamed about for a while. And now people are going to kind of actually get back into that. Um, According to the Allianz Partners USA 2022 European Holiday Destination Index, they have London remaining as the most popular city to visit this holiday season, with demand increasing by 20% since 2019. They had Paris, Madrid, Rome, and Amsterdam rounded out their top five. And yeah, I'm not surprised at all in any of those destinations. And obviously, the Caribbean, we know, is big. Jamaica, Dominican Republic, big on that. Puerto Rico is trending well, too, having good success in tourism. And then obviously, Mexico has been strong for a while. We know that will be the case. Um, in the U.S. wise, though, I think Orlando and NYC are, are among the top spots this year for for holiday stuff. And we touched a little bit, you know, on Disney earlier, the theme park capital of the world. That That's huge. It's uh, crazy busy for those theme parks this time of year. People love the holidays for that. Absolutely. As far as next year goes, uh, where, where are some people looking out to book? We, we know that this is a good time for people gathering together and planning ahead for the ne- the following year. So as we look at some of the Black Friday deals and Cyber Monday stuff, people jump on that. So wh- what are you seeing as far as uh, some of the trending destinations that people are booking out for future trips? Yeah, European river cruises are really, really popular right now. I'm getting a lot of requests for that sort of thing. I'm seeing a lot of people asking about that because it combines the best of both worlds of going in and being able to see Europe without having to pack and unpack, which is the, the real attraction to cruising. And so mm-hmm. European river cruises has been real popular. Um, I'm seeing a lot of requests for Alaska. Alaska tends to tends to be popular anyway, but a lot of people are wanting to go and do that uh, here lately. Uh, and so I think those are the two big Mediterranean is always, you know, a, a, a really good destination. So Mediterranean cruises have been, been pretty popular right now as well for me. Hey, that's great. I do love Alaska and I do love uh, river cruising. I'm big fan of, of, of that. So definitely uh, Europe, no surprise there, but I would advise anyone listening, if you've never done the Nile River cruise, should definitely check that out. And I think as we look, you know, a year from now, as people are looking to book this time of year for 2024, I'm hoping that you can answer that and it's going to be more of Asia will be more of the answer as the restrictions have lessened. And hopefully that yeah. will be the case. There's ones might take a little longer for them, but as we close out things here on the podcast, final question to you, Jesse, is uh, what is your advice for fellow advisors out there listening right now to make the most of their ho- uh, holiday time this year as far as any work-life balancing tips in, in general? Oh, I'm probably the worst person in the world to ask about work-life balance. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not good at that myself, but um, I, I think for just about anybody, and it doesn't matter whether you're in travel or not, you have to set boundaries. You have to be able to say, you know what? Uh, Thanksgiving is coming and I'm not going to be on the phone unless it's an absolute emergency. I'm not going to be the person who's answering calls uh, as, as, as challenging as that can be, because we know for the last two, two, two and a half years, we've been not able to do the things that we really want to be doing. And so um, that's, that's going to be real ki- real kicker. I think is uh, setting those boundaries and, and sticking to them as best you can. Excellent advice. I mean, you, you say you're not, great on the work-life balance, but I think that can be said the same way for a lot of 
people in the travel industry out there. It's been a hectic two years and, you know, we're finally getting back and, and going with a lot of things. So th- things are picking up and they're, and they're busy. So setting boundaries is certainly key, but any, any advice as far as uh, business stuff in terms of just making the most out of the end of this year. And you touched on this a little bit, but just as we close here, you know, preparing yeah. for um, 2023 at this time. Yeah, I, I would say that I think it is incredibly important for all of us, regardless of, of how long you've been in the industry or, or, or you know, whether you're new to the industry, to take a look at what you've done over the last you know, 12 months as, as business has been coming back and pick one thing that you haven't been doing that you think you would like to do that will generate you more demand. Uh, I was reading a survey recently that said for home-based agents specifically, uh, 63% of people's business come from email distribution lists uh, and self-sourced lists, not meaning buying a list or anything like that. And so, you know, finding that one thing, whether it's, you know, I'm going to get much better at email marketing or I'm going to join a local business networking group or find one thing that you can add to your portfolio to help engage and increase your business. That's what's going to help you to make sure that as busy as we've been this year and as busy as we're going to be for the next year, that it continues on into 24 and 25 and beyond. I love it. Excellent advice, Jesse. Thank you. Where can people uh, follow you on the socials or plug your website, anything you want to uh, give away? Uh, yeah, webooktravel.net. You can also uh, search facebook.com slash webooktravel. Uh, and then if you go to either of those resources, the rest of my social media uh, are linked there. So you can find us from there. Love it. Thanks so much, Jesse. I really appreciate you taking the time to join on the show this week. Thanks, Eric. All right, that wraps up what we have for this week. Everyone enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday time and only one more show for me this week or next week. It will be my final show of uh, not quite the entire year as we will recap the end of the year, but it'll be my, I'll take be taking a little break. As I mentioned before, I have a baby coming. So my wife is due any day now. So I uh, may not have a show next week if a baby pops out on Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll see there. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>